It's your pain, saith God, that pains me. For I feel your infirmity. I feel what you feel, saith God. I have not left you. I have not forsaken you. For I am the Lord that redeems you and draws you out. I have a place, saith God. A special place prepared for you. Yes. Mm. Yes. Oh, glory. Yes. I don't know who that's for. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father God, we thank you. Yes, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Father, we just worship you. Father, we just worship you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Jesus. Praise God. You can be seated. Praise God. Thank you, worship team. Let me let me just start off with this. It actually, because of several things going on, I preached a message on the sixth of the month, first Sunday that I titled Discerning the Times. Well, this is Discerning the Times, part two. In Matthew chapter 16, verse one through four, says the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting, desired him, speaking of Jesus, that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. I'm going to read this out of 1 Chronicles 12.32. And the children of Issachar 
which were men that had understanding of the times. I want you to catch that. Men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment. Praise God. Now hold your Bible up. E version or tree version? And you say, Pastor, we've been doing this for two years. You ain't got it yet. Say it out loud with me. This is my Bible. It's God's holy word. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. So I boldly confess. My mind is renewed. My body is healed. I'm saved by God's grace. And live by His Spirit. Somebody say amen. Praise God. In that first sermon, I want to give you just a few highlights out of it. And believe me, I had a whole lot of notes and I was going through last night and the Lord was dealing with me and man, I marked out stuff and wrote stuff. So just just bear with me. But but in when, when I started that, I there in, in Matthew chapter 24, there's a lot in Matthew chapter 24. But there's three major things that the Lord Jesus gave us in what we call Matthew chapter 24. Number one is deception. Number two is destruction. And number three is defection. As in apostasy or falling away. Now I'm not going to read them, but you can go back and look at them again when you get home. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus mentions deception three times in verses 4 to 5 in verse 11 and in verse 24 now I don't know about you but if the Lord has to bring up something in one one teaching session three times uh, it's probably important to catch it somebody say amen this is what God really began to speak to me. I mean, there is a spirit of deception yes. that is in this earth today. Amen. There's always been a deceiver. Satan is the deceiver. He deceived Eve in the garden and man sinned. And there was all that transpired with that. But there truly, I do believe, is a spirit of deception that is loosed on this earth. I know one of the things that the Lord really just kind of struck me with, you know, the old time Pentecostals preached against television, and you know what? Time has proven them right. They saw the deception regarding setting our eyes and minds on sin and on the sinful things. And I've said this a lot of times before. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to get tickled at it. My grandmother would hide her face with her Bible because of what we were watching on television. <laughs> you know what we were watching? I love Lucy. Oh my yes. goodness. You go, oh, what in the world was wrong? She would look at you and say, she's teaching you to lie. Yeah. Hmm. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. We don't need to be like King David. 
He should have been in the thick of the battle, but instead he turned on sin to the max and watched the Bathsheba show. That's right. And he wound up committing adultery and then murder. Now, I believe this. There's an even more sinister aspect to media, and it's not only television. We now have media involved with handheld devices that we carry around with us constantly. What would happen if we carried our Bible around that much? Well, Lord willing, maybe some of us are reading the Bible on the thing. You know, there, there is a... There's an evil that's involved with media. It has become the voice of a false god. I just want to say that again. That didn't soak in. It's become the voice of a false god. I mean, if it's on TV, it has to be true, right? <laughs> What's good is called evil. What's evil is called good. I gave this... <laughs> say it again. What's good is called evil. What is evil is now called good. That's right. There's so many examples of that that you can't even go through all of them. The media has kept America and other nations hostage for over a year, portraying the current pandemic as so deadly that if, unless we wear a mask, remain totally isolated, and of course receive the injection, you're going to die and cause others to die. Now I could get into a whole lot of different things involved with that. Some people say, well, it's conspiracy theories. Well, I've had to come up with new conspiracy theories because the old ones are now true. <laughs> now, ask yourself these questions. And, and I'm, I'm really not. You say, well, you're getting way too just into political stuff. No, political stuff has filtered over into everything else. Ask yourself why it is that Walmart has been able to remain open during an entire pandemic and make billions of dollars. How can it work that when you enter into a restaurant wearing your mask, you're seated, and when you sit down, you can take your, your mask off, and now the virus can't touch you even though you're just as close to people as you were before. Why is it that OSHA rules, and if you don't know anything about OSHA, it is the safety Commission, and, yeah, and uh, I mean that used to be something we you know really listened to as far as the way that we were supposed to use certain even safety precautions uh, when I worked in in big shops and and I've worked in some uh, you know why do those things no longer apply everything has changed. Why do we still have a homeless population that is not following any guidelines? They should all have dropped dead a long time ago. Why is it our government allows our southern border be, to be flooded with immigrants and whoever else is coming across, and yet certain businesses have to remain closed? Y'all, there's a spirit of deception. Repeat a lie often enough and people will accept it as truth. Hmm. There's a spirit of deception. Yes. There's going to be false prophets. That's right. Come on. There were a lot of prophecies that Donald Trump would go into a second term. Yeah. And honestly, I wanted that. 
I just I, I wanted it to happen. I was actually really just kind of believing for it to happen. And uh, there's a lot of things that I'm sure can be said, and there's some things that are going to come out. That's kind of like closing the gate after the cows are gone. But uh, there, there's things that are coming out about the irregularities. But that's neither here nor there. Y'all, let me throw this in there. That's not in my notes. But it's God who raises up kings. It's God who demotes and God who abases kings. It's God. God can either have them come into power or God can have them go out in the field and eat grass. And y'all, you know, we, we just need to realize somewhere in this that, you know, we don't need to be caught up in a personality thing. With me, it never was the personality it was just, you know, it was the better than the alternative. Amen? But the Bible says that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. It doesn't say that in the end times, right before the Lord returns, that everything's just going to get better and better and rosier and rosier, and it's all going to be just awesomely wonderful for us. And we're going to have everything the way we want it. That's not what it says. Matthew 24 verses 9 says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Oh, that sounds exciting. And shall kill you. Oh, gee, Lord, that sounds great. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. That doesn't sound real pleasant. Then shall many be offended. Y'all people get offended. Matter of fact, we got a cream puff society nowadays. If we'd have had the same people right now when the war, World War II broke out, we'd all be speaking German. Many shall be offended and betray one another, shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise and deceive many, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that endure unto the end, he that endure unto the end, Whoever endures to the end, turn to somebody and say, if you endure unto the end, you shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Y'all, it's deception to the body of Christ when we choose not to accept what the word says over what we want to hear. I really believe God has shown me. I mean, the closer we get to the, the rapture, and I know that word's not in the Bible, that's Latin, but it's, it's a, a change. It, it just comes from that catching away. When Jesus returns and pulls us up, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we that are alive and remain will meet Him in the air. The closer we get the more evil this world is going to become. In Noah's day, it didn't get better and better and better. It got worse. Amen? In Job's day, Sodom and Gomorrah didn't suddenly get better. They were worse. The more evil the world becomes, the brighter the light will shine through the the, the, the true body of Christ the more evil it gets the more Jesus is going to shine in us 
the more the power and the anointing of God will be manifested. Y'all, I've said for a long time, and I, I know you've probably heard me say it, but I'm just going to go ahead and repeat it anyway because I need to hear it if you don't. God doesn't do parlor tricks. That's right. The reason that God did the miracles that He did was because of the evil that was in the world. And the more evil that's there, the more that God's power and God's anointing gets manifested. And I really believe that as the closer we get, the more people that are going to turn toward the only real hope, and that's the hope that is in Jesus Christ. Right now, there are revivals, tent revivals, where thousands are coming to the Lord in the, in the state of California or the country of California. <laughs> Sometimes you wonder. And, and I really believe that you know, it's because of, of how crazy California has become. It's, it's because of how, how strict it is. It's because of how desperate people have become in that, in that state. And the more that it gets that way, the more people are going to turn to Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. God showed me this. God's more interested in our redemption than our relaxation. God's more interested in our salvation than our temporary safety. God wants us delivered from sin, not descend into sin. God would rather give us His P-R-E-S-E-N-C, His presence, than to just give us earthly P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, presence as in gifts. Y'all, the spirit of deception is in this earth. So, Pastor, what do you mean by spirit of deception? I, I just, I, I, I don't get it. it it's, it's where people are, are quick to believe a lie and be cursed. It's where people are willfully blinded because their hearts are not transformed by the Spirit of God. We're going to see if this will work. A little bit of technology here. I'm going to ask Becky if she wants to go ahead and let's see if we can pull that video over. this planet 
into a paradise unimaginable only a few short weeks ago. Ten oasis regions where each delegate is given complete control over his respective area. True global community, a true world of peace. This marks the beginning of our seven years of peace, of seven years. This marks the beginning of the rise of the Antichrist. He will control ten kingdoms, which in turn will control the world. The Antichrist is sitting in the temple of God, and he will declare to the whole world that he is God. Upon each of you, I grant all the power and authority due to your new positions. You are now kings and queens in your own lands, bringing prosperity and plenty to your peoples. All in my name. Nikolai, what do you say? We never agreed to this. In the garden, there was a serpent who tempted Eve leading to man's banishment from paradise. That serpent has stood between us and paradise ever since. What's this about, Carpathia? It's about you. Serpents in my garden, using unity and prosperity for your own gain. <laughs> Nikolaeva, that's preposterous. Do not lie to me. So easily manipulated. Tell me, Jonathan, who is the puppet here? Look where I am and look where you are. Do you have any idea? Do you know who you're dealing with? Do you? I welcome all of you to join this great team. You accept me.
people know that I fear no one, that I fear nothing, that I have succeeded anything I set my mind without the slightest hesitation or opposition. From this day forward, no one can stand against me. That's the kind of power you lasted for, Jonathan. Don't worry. This will be a complete dependence. After all, I am not a monster. Give you a little bit of background. Now, this is this is a movie. This is Tim LaHaye and the other one that wrote the Left Behind series. It's their thoughts as far as what would take place right after the rapture is taken is is over with. All of those people are left behind because none of them were saved at the time. The reporter, the young guy, gets saved literally in the men's room because of having been witnessed to. Right before he goes into that meeting, he's the only one who's saved in that meeting. And like I said, I know this is a fictional depiction of things, but I couldn't think of a better illustration of a spirit of deception that 
no matter what they saw with their own eyes, heard with their own ears, they were ready to actually believe something else. And that's what that is an example of. I don't know that we're totally there, but there are people right now that are so deceived and so blinded. They're going to stay in their sin. They're caught up in the LGBT community mindset. There's there's all of this that is transpiring in our world. And a lot of us really aren't even that much aware of what's taking place. And by the way, God doesn't hate someone who is into homosexuality. God hates the sin. And He hates that sin as much as He does any other sin, including adultery, fornication, lying, murder, stealing. You can just go on and on down through the list, but there is a spirit of deception that is really racing through us, through through the even the and I'm not talking about Purdy, but the church as a whole. There is a renewing of what is called replacement theology, where people are saying that there is no such thing as this national Israel, even though God literally fulfilled prophecy in 1948, and the nation of Israel has come into existence. Y'all, that doesn't happen. There's a spirit of deception. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but even on Fox News, saying that UFOs, unidentified flying objects, space aliens, are actually something real, is actually revised into the or revived into the news again. Now, I, I quoted just a little bit earlier out of Daniel chapter 8 about the sons of Issachar who discerned the times that they would know what they ought to do, what the nation of Israel ought to do. And the sons of Issachar, what, what was that all about? Well, it was in that transition period. Uh, Israel had transitioning from the 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 reign of King Saul because Saul had sinned and, and Saul, God had removed the, the kingdom from him and David was taking over. And really the whole thing with the sons of Issachar, Israel had wanted a king. Saul had, had been brought in to be that king. Saul turned his heart from God, even eventually sought out a witch to get direction. And and this isn't some kind of pattern. I'm not saying it's a certain thing. But the point with the sons of Issachar is this. God showed them that everything that was happening was part of the redemptive plan of God. I'm going to say that again. God showed them everything that was happening was part of the redemptive plan of God. We have things happening in our world right now, but y'all, it's part of the redemptive plan of God. We may not like it. 
Matter of fact, if we had Mr. T in the office instead of Mr. B, we would probably like it better, but I think things would still be moving in the same direction. We'd just feel happier about it. The sons of Issachar knew what they ought to do. Anybody <laughs> kind of saying, Lord, what do I do? Anybody besides me find yourself we're struggling to really find time to pray? That's because there's a spirit of deception and, and Satan doesn't want us to pray. What do we need to do in this time period we're living in right now? We need to pray. We need to pray. The sons of Issachar knew that they needed God's leadership and God's direction. best way you're going to get that is in the written Word of God. We need to be in the Word. <laughs> Amen. And you know what? Over and over again, Israel would fail and they would, they would have things fail because there would be sin in the camp. And you know what? I need to, we need to crucify our flesh and not allow sin to control us. That's good preaching. Because we're living in a world where everybody wants to do what's right in their own eyes. It's just okay. You know, we just go ahead and live in sin and, and, and just do the things that we want to do. That It's against God's Word, but oh, God's just going to let it slide. Saints, I, God isn't going to keep letting it slide. That's right. We've got to preach the gospel. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. Well, we preach by our lifestyle. Hmm. God gave me this. I believe there's a spirit of deception that's been loose that has not been able to operate before. The church, and I'm talking about the, the national church, has become complacent, apathetic, unrepentant, impotent. We may look good, but there's little power. We've gone to entertainment and self-help more than the power of the gospel that sets us free. And God spoke this to me. You stand as a watchman. There's an enemy that wants to destroy. And as a pastor, a watchman, we cry out the same thing that Peter said. And this is in 2 Peter chapter 1. This is my second letter to you, dear friends. In both of them, I tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the Holy Prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. More importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They'll say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world first was created. 
They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of His command, and He brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then He used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. Are we listening? You must not forget this one thing. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. The earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives should you live? Our focus needs to be on salvation. Yes. Our focus needs to be on salvation. Won't you stand with me? We've got something special we're going to do in just a few moments, but before we do, y'all, I really believe God spoke to my heart just to call us to repentance. When I said that,
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just worship you. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Precious Holy Spirit.